It's WNRI's Upfront. The opinions expressed represent those only of the panel and callers and do not reflect the views of WNRI and its owners. Telephone lines are now open at 7690600. And now, let's join the Upfront panel. Well, good morning, everybody, and welcome to another Upfront program. It's our Thursday program. Co-host is uh, Christopher Boulay, and he has uh, comfortably seated himself in our uh, palatial WNRI studios. We're going to say good morning to him. Good morning, Chris. How are you doing over there? Good morning, Roger. Good morning, listeners. It's great to be here. I'm doing fantastic, and uh, yeah, I am very comfortable, so thanks for asking. Good, good. We're always interested in making sure that our visitors to... The radio station are comfortable in their surroundings. Anyway, welcome to our program. It's a talk show. And what we do is we talk every day, Monday through Friday. And various points of view are represented on the uh, on the program, which is, of course, the whole idea behind it. And um, so uh, you, we welcome uh, any comments that you have. Chris, the list of topics uh, that I have uh, here, some of them are sent by you and others um, that I discovered myself is uh, rather extensive today, <laughs> right? Would you say that? Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. There's some really important things that uh, I think most people would agree are newsworthy. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, we have a call awaiting, but is she going or is she not going? Will Dan McKee become the uh, interim governor if Gina Raimondo leaves? Uh, well, I guess he will if she leaves. What do you think? If she has a choice, I think she will leave, and I think she should leave. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the things that we passed a while back is uh, the offices, the five offices of Rhode Island are term limited. So she is in the second part of her, her, of her second term, so she has two years left. And then she's got to think about what's her next move. Does she go back to the hedge fund world? I think it would be difficult and to go back to Point Judith Capital, and I don't want to be critical of other, you know, investments and stuff, but Point Judith Capital has been a big disappointment to the state of Rhode Island, and that's where she derives a lot of her income. Um, last time, I think she, I saw she gets about $850,000 a year for her equity position at Point Judith Capital, and we've talked about this in the past, that anyone who criticizes her for that, I, I think, is mistaken. I think she gets about a buck thirty, a buck forty for um, for being governor, and her husband has a nice position at McKinsey, so they're comfortable. It's It would make sense for her to go. It would absolutely make sense for her to go, and I think she's lobbying for the, for the position. We talked about it the other day, is that she's talking to a different audience. And I was looking up Elzaz, uh, the, the current uh, director, and he too is a lawyer. He too has a connection with Yale University, and he's not a doctor. It's a political appointed position, and if you were to vet her... This is H-E-W, right? right mm-hmm. Yes. If you, if you were to vet the governor, other than being very unpopular and using inappropriate words in her press conference, she's bulletproof. She uh, went to Harvard University, and then she went to Yale Law School and went to Oxford. She's a Rhodes Scholar. We've met her many times. She's very, very intelligent. Her background is clean, so she definitely would pass the vetting, uh, vetting issues in, in the, in the, uh, by the administration, and she probably would, would be appointed. And it doesn't need to be a doctor. And talking about that, and one of the things is, uh, yeah, we, we didn't answer that question Tuesday. If uh, she was to step down, McKee would become the governor. And that would change all the dynamics. I was thinking about that because Dan McKee, we know, wants to be governor. He told us that at Rotary. Mm-hmm. And he told everyone that he's going to be running for governor. It would really give him a leg up because he'd be governor for two years. And now that creates issues with Seth Magazina, who also told us at Rotary that he wants to be governor. And uh, and so, of course, those are the two leaders right now. We don't know who's going to come out of the woodwork, but it would certainly change the dynamics. Rhode Island being one of the states that uh, the governor and lieutenant governor don't run on the same ticket. And we know that uh, the uh, Gina is not a big fan of Dan McKee. So if they're looking for any consideration uh, and any information that the governor spoke to the lieutenant governor, you're not going to get it there because she's going to tell him as her bags are packed, hey, you're the next governor. She is not going to give him any inside baseball, in my opinion. All right. That's uh, Chris Boulay's take on the governor leaving Rhode Island. And you may have a comment, too. We're going to take our first call of the morning. Hello. Thank you for waiting. And what do you have to say today? Hi, Roger. Hi, Chris. Good morning. 
Good morning. When it comes to Attorney General Barr, I'm highly disappointed with him. For the second time, I have heard that he says there's no fraud. And I have been watching these people, regular citizens, come forth on in front of the Detroit panel and um, putting their life on the line, actually, a lot of them. And have you heard anything different than, you know, than him saying that? Is it is there something that he will do about it or not? You know, I, I, I've heard the same things that, that you have heard. And, of okay. course, um, you know, he's come out and said that. Um, and we talked about this, I think, Tuesday or last Thursday, where the president has actually undermined his own case by saying he doesn't think it's going to get to the Supreme Court. So if you're going to do all that stuff, why doesn't the President Trump just concede? So he's, he's laying the groundwork that, he, that he's going to concede. He's saying publicly, and of course he's going to be prepared for this question, that his case probably won't get to the Supreme Court. And so, obviously, the stock market hates, uh, you know, uh, indifference and, 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 um, and, and confusion, and there doesn't seem to be any. So, yeah, Barr has gone on, and, and he's been very loyal to the president, so I don't know wh- yeah. what's going on. And are they, are they playing possum? That's the only thing I can think of. Are they just laying that out there? And I, I was thinking about this the other day for a point of comparison. This may or may not be fair. Walmart has sales of about half a trillion dollars a year. There's something called shrinkage, where people are stealing at Walmart, and they have to allow for that. Did we have an election that had 160 million people vote, and there was a, le- there was a little bit of shrinkage, where there was a little bit of fraud, but not enough to, to create an unprofitable situation? Walmart is a b- very profitable firm. And so is, is, there, is there some situation there? And believe me, I, I, if I could vote for Trump three times, I would have voted for him for three times. <laughs> so that's my example taking the other side. Is there a, is there a shrinkage? Absolutely. Walmart's not going to sell $600 trillion, billion dollars of, of goods and not have anybody steal. So I know you don't like that analogy. Go ahead. The president made such a good speech the other night. He didn't say anything about what you've just said in regards to him not going to the top with his uh, case. And um, did you watch any of the TV last night? I did not watch the president. I saw the excerpts of his interview over the weekend, and he was asked that direct question. Um, and he, and he, he kind of answered it without being... You know, that he doesn't think it's going to reach the Supreme Court, which I don't know why he would say that unless he's you know completely giving up. Well, he by no means was given up last night. Uh, 45 strong minute uh, speech that I thought he was his old self. And then um, I was wondering, you said you didn't watch any TV. The people that are on the committee for the Detroit uh, questioning or listening, you know, there was this one lady, she's so obnoxious on the panel, her name is Cynthia Jacob, no, no, excuse me, Cynthia Johnson, if you hear, uh, if you see any clips today, to me she acted like a child, and she said at one point, and a matter of fact, I'm backing up for a minute here, there were two people, citizens, that gave lengthy uh, reports about what they actually saw because they gave of their time. And a lot of these people have volunteered and to go through what they have to go through for now, putting themselves out on the line is awful. And she is accusing this, Cynthia Johnson is accusing them all of lying. And the lady that was giving her her uh, case as far as what she she had been through and seen and and um, the injustice she she uh, said in retaliation that if she were lying she would not be able to wake up in the middle of the night and still tell the same story which she said she would be able to do. 
Yeah, 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 that, yeah, again, um, we, we can't litigate it. We, you know, we're exchanging ideas in, in, a, in a public forum, and I think that's a very positive thing. You know where I stand. Everyone who listens regularly knows where I stand. I, the pre, it's a big loss for the United States for the president to have been defeated, and it's now up to the Department of Justice, the FBI, the individual states. One of the things that hurts the president's position is that the Republican uh, Secretary of State and the Republican governor in Georgia both said, hey, we both voted for the guy, the, the, the wrong guy won. There we go. So it, it's getting interesting. It, they've, they've got to pick it up. But also, going back to your point, the president's all over the place. He's acting depression in the sense that he's saying that Biden won in a, in a tweet and now he's fighting. That, 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 that disappoints me. And what disappoints me is he can't get one court victory. Not one court victory. I mean, it's it's interesting what individual private citizens say, uh, but if you can't get a judge in a jurisdiction to uh, agree at not one, then uh, I think um, I think it's kind of discouraging to think that uh, uh, that anything would be uh, turned around. And it isn't it awful that not one judge would stand up and come forth and. For what these people are going through, I mean, it's as if to say, it's as if the judges are saying that they're they're liars. They're saying the evidence isn't strong enough is what they're saying, yeah. Yep, and there's also one of the issues going back to talking about a Republican Secretary of State and a Republican Governor. There was a, uh, a very conservative-leaning judge, I forget which state, who I think it was Michigan, who um, who, who denounced it. And, and, and again, I want to be wrong. I want you to be right. Uh-huh. I uh-huh. want it to be proven. I, it's a and we talked about this. Everyone has skin in this game, whether you're Democrat or Republican. It wasn't like it was 65-35. It was a very, very close election, and it could go the other way. We need to take the individual states' election <coughs> results, and we need to make sure that they're correct. And I'm, I'm as frustrated as you. Uh, we're just going to go on. You know, I'm not moving to Canada. I'm not moving to <laughs> Australia. I'm going to carry on with my life, whether Joe Biden's in there or not. Thank but, you. Uh, th- we very much appreciate your your listenership oh. and your calls. Thank you. Please. And I appreciate you. Thank you. Bye-bye. Thank you. We're going to grab one more call in this segment and say hello to you and see what's on your mind today. Hello. Hi. Um, I was watching Fox News and deputy, former deputy director, I believe, of the DOJ. A uh, Mr. Yu was on, and he's been watching what was going on. In his mind, there may be enough votes that we could get rid of to actually turn the election, like happened in 2000. He says, "Now we, we've gone from the raw enough, according to Barr. This this gentleman, who's level-headed guy, says, well, maybe there are enough, but you know, if if it was one state like Florida back in 2000, we'd have the time to do it." He's saying. He believes there's enough folks to actually flip this, but just there isn't enough time because so many states are involved. And so if there isn't enough time, then it's a moot question. <laughs> right, so. Well, uh, no, 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 no. We have to have the right president. You make the time. Mm-hmm. In my opinion, we have to make the time. We have to have the right president. There's no other thing. You know, you know what? You commit a murder, you're going to tell me, well, we didn't catch you in 20 days, so you go free? Yeah. Well, no, we don't. Um, I'm afraid we're going to have to make the time. If, if there's enough folks to flip this over, we have to make the time, plain and simple. Or we have to have a decree from the Supreme Court that, you know what, we're going to send it to the House. This whole idea there is enough time. When we have people coming forth like this, Mr. Yu, saying, well, you know what, maybe there is enough to turn this I election. will leave you with this thought that most murderers, incidentally, never get caught and prosecuted. Most murderers never get caught and prosecuted. There are murderers in prison, but um, uh, the majority of them commit their murder and nobody finds out who it is. We have to move on. Thank you for your call. Thanks a lot for the call. Back in a moment. Scott McGee of REMAX Properties brings his years of real estate experience to you, whether buying or selling. Check out this property currently on the market from the McGee team. All right, we've got real estate, and we've got a price reduction on uh, Parity Avenue. This is a house that we uh, have been talking about um, uh, when I first got the listing November the 1st. And it is now at 289 9 
And this is a great opportunity for an owner-occupied or, or an investor. These are large units, includes three bedrooms, fully appliance kitchen, full bath, double living room, possible fourth bedroom if you so need, plenty of off-street parking, one car garage for additional income, fenced-in yard, and it will pass FHA financing. So if you're interested in this investment property, I'm going to give you the address for a drive-by to, excuse me, 355 Parity Avenue in Woonsocket. And Scott McGee has it and love to show it to you. And maybe you will be uh, the next investor in this uh, piece of real estate. Kayer Kosher, your accounting, financial planning, tax preparation, and business consulting services of Woonsocket and Warwick. 600 Cass Avenue, Woonsocket, Jefferson Boulevard, and Warwick. Call us locally at 766-8100. Remember, outside of the tax season, we do planning for business, individuals, and families. We're Kayer Kosher. We're certified public accountants. Again, our local number, 766-8100. And remember, having Kayer Kosher to consult with on your personal financial situation is like having all the right answers. Champs Liquors for Keyway, 481 Clinton Street, Woonsocket. Champs reintroduces Flip Flop Wines, a California winery that has crafted a variety of wines that are fun, fruit-flavored with amazing taste. Listen to this. We have two bottles of Flip Flop Wine for $10, including Cabernet Sauvignon, Merlot, Pink Moscato, Regular Moscato, Chardonnay, and Pinot Grigio. Again, two bottles for $10, mix and match. Still on sale, Tisdale Wines from California. In Six varieties, including a Pinot Grigio, Merlot, Cabernet, White Zinfandel, Chardonnay, and Moscato choices. And yes, again, two bottles for $10. And we continue with the best price in town on Bud and Bud Light, 30-pack, $25.50 plus tax. New hours for the convenience of customers open daily at 8 a.m. to 9 p.m. For a great selection of beer, wine, and spirits, you can count on Champs Liquors, 481 Clinton Street. Have a question? Call 765-1800 and speak to Mike the Manager. Inside dining, outside dining, or your favorite pickup order to go from Grumpy's Restaurant, Bellingham. Open seven days a week with a great luncheon menu and a full menu from burgers to steaks to seafood to our Italian dishes and our tasty pizzas. One of the best menus in the area. Hungry tonight or today? Come on in today and enjoy the friendly service, reasonable prices, and great food at Grumpy's. Call ahead for pickup order or place a reservation to dine in at 508-883-0101. Grumpy's, 190 Pulaski Boulevard, Bellingham, Massachusetts. Grubhub delivery also available. So this is one of those days at Grumpy's uh, where you walk in and they hand you the regular menu and then they hand you the uh, Monday through Thursday $10 dinner specials. It's a complete meal. Potato and vegetable and uh, it might be fish. It might be uh, meatloaf. I've had uh, at $10 they've even offered sometimes a steak. (laughs) Right. Um, So if you're interested in the $10 Monday through Thursday evening dinner specials which really is great value come on in to uh, grumpy's tonight they'll be more than happy to show you that menu and if you don't care for anything on the menu you can just order off the regular menu you're listening to wnri's upfront a radio internet talk show now let's get back to the panel the panel is roger and chris and uh, we do it on uh, tuesdays and thursdays although this is coming tuesday I think we have a council member because we have a council meeting. And uh, interesting thing, Chris, I wanted to mention, uh, there wasn't a news release, but there was an editor, letter to the editor in the Valley Breeze written by John Ward. And he is uh, introducing some kind of legislation Monday night that's almost going to require uh, department directors to uh, give a narrative to uh, the city council at their uh, meetings, uh, at least once a month, not, uh, you know, they meet twice a month, but it looks like a monthly uh, narrative on what is the police department doing and what is the uh, um, public works department doing and so forth. And this is because he claims uh, that um, he claims that they never get the information that they need to get from the city council. They usually get it in a news release. So he didn't do a news release. He did a letter to the editor. You saw it. You're nodding your head. Yeah, no. I, I'm actually looking at the audience, audience right now. And one of the biggest issues that the city council 
forget where you are in the political spectrum, whether you supported John or Lisa or, or, or wherever, and you don't, or you don't even live in the city. Yeah. Um, we had some big economic challenges where we went to a budget commission. I, I think it's awful that the city council in charge of the, creating the budget and approving the budget doesn't receive fin- a monthly financial statements. That there's, there's no excuse for that. You know, if I was on a rating agency at Fitch or Moody's and I'm looking at the city of Winsocket and I'm saying you guys are in a budget commission and you're not getting reports of what's going on, the financial aspects of the city and and you're in charge of the budget, that that doesn't make any sense. So if that's the driver of this, then, then so be it. And shame on any city council member who doesn't support this. You're not doing your job. You are letting the city... The citizens of Woonsocket know that you're not doing your job if you don't insist on getting monthly financial statements, that you don't seem to have enough interest. It's, it's got to be 7 to 0, and I would be interested to hear there's, there's no more blackout. The city council members can call, and then they can say after the fact. But, again, getting the financial statements on a timely basis so you can run the city as part of the legislative branch should be, uh, it should be a no-brainer. I pick up on your... It should be seven to nothing. Yes, even allies of the mayor, uh, which would be Valerie Gonzalez and Dave Susi, uh, probably, in my opinion, should vote yes on this. Why wouldn't you want a monthly report of what is going on? I mean, we, you know, um, this is all fashioned after what they do in Lincoln, where where John Ward is the uh, finance director for the town of Lincoln. The town administrator wants a monthly report from all the people that that he's responsible for. I know here in radio station we get a monthly report mm-hmm. on what's going on in detail from uh, Dick Bouchard, and it is just a normal business practice. I don't know why, as you said, it wouldn't be a seven to nothing vote. Yeah, it's, it's you know I try to keep an open mind, but if you vote against this in terms of getting monthly financial statements, it's indefensible. You're not you're not. Uh qualified to be a city council member it is a talk show and uh we give opinions did you hear that opinion yeah uh we want your opinion let's press the button and get some opinions hello there what's on your mind today yes good morning good Hi. morning um a couple of thoughts on the uh, election uh, if there was uh, widespread fraud it seems like uh, attorney general Barr and his uh the FBI and whatever investigated it, and they didn't seem to come up with anything. Of course, thirty—I think over thirty cases uh, that Trump, President Trump, brought to different courts throughout different states have all been thrown out. So uh, when we had one or two people coming up and, and saying there were votes incorrectly counted or whatever, that may be true, but uh, nothing. Nothing shows uh, evidence that there was widespread fraud. I'm also amazed that uh, that any woman would ever vote, have ever voted for the president after his statements about how he liked to grab women by the crotch. That, 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 after that, I thought that would have been the end of his election chances, but obviously I was wrong. And the fourth point, last point, I was uh, against... Uh, uh, the president, I would never vote for him after his statements for John McCain, who happens to be a personal, uh, you know, a hero of mine. I served in Vietnam, and uh, anybody that uh, spent five years in prison should have never been ridiculed the way the president did. Um, Those are my thoughts. You want to hang on for a second? The, the last one, I agree 100%. There was no business for the for the president to be flipping about McCain, whether you, he liked him or not. When people would call him a rhino, Republican in name only. There was a lot of bad blood there going on. The, the president made a mistake. The you on the on the issue of the president making those terrible comments about women. The, the, some would say, well, did Biden disqualify himself by being so inappropriate with women publicly on and on and on and some of the reputation stuff that he's done and some of the stuff that he's done in public. So, yeah, it's almost like when you, if you feel that way, you're almost like, eh, I'm not voting for either one of them. I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to write in myself. So that's the only point I would make on that one. I think Biden is not clean on that issue, but certainly uh, locker room talk. That was released off the bus with Billy uh, Bush from 2006. 
um, was, you know, it actually hurt Billy Bush more than it hurt the president. What, was it offensive and terrible? Absolutely. And I think you can make multiple cases with Biden, too. Cases thrown out of courts all throughout the, these states. There is nobody listening here, and I'll make this bold statement. There's nobody listening here in this audience right now who wanted Donald Trump to be president more than I did. I, I mean, you, you've got Biden, 47 years in Washington, and now he's going to fix everything. The stuff that talk about private conversations, the stuff that President Obama would say about Biden, you know, Biden, he had, never has, you know, don't underestimate the possibility of Joe effing things up. And the president said that. And Biden was accused by the uh, defense minister, uh, defense minister, secretary of defense, Bill Gates, uh, Gates, not Bill Gates, um, Robert Gates, saying that Biden has been on the wrong side of every political of every foreign policy decision the last 40 years. So, it, 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 well, I'm not talking about that. I was talking about the cases thrown out of court. Oh, 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 no, 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 no. What, what, I'm, what, I'm, what I'm saying is, is that he hasn't won any. I, I'm hoping I'm wrong. I think it's done. And, but he hasn't won any. So does he have a poor legal team or is everyone against him or is it just not enough evidence what what do you think those were judges those many of those judges were appointed by 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 trump or they were republicans they weren't all so-called obama judges right so i think we're on the same side you're not a supporter of the president and you're noting that they haven't won any cases and i agree with you there might be some shrinkage here you're going to have 160 million votes um not all of them are going to be clean i had a situation where i learned from somebody who's in, uh son and daughter-in-law were in Georgia and they went to vote and they were told they had already voted on the mail, which wasn't true. You're going to have that. Is there enough to bring it all together and say the election should be overturned? Apparently the answer is no, and I think we're in agreement there. Okay. I guess if you say apparently, but that, I, don't, I don't know. But I, and, of course, Attorney General Barr, who uh, I believe up until the, the statement the other day, would probably be shining uh, uh, Trump's shoes gladly. So yeah. why would he come out and say something like that if it were not uh, the truth? That yeah. every, all these investigations amounted to zero or nothing or insignificant voter fraud. Right, but I, I use the word apparently because I don't know. I, I wasn't in every county checking all the elections. I don't know for a fact that Dominion actually had the machines changed. So I'm going to couch that and say apparently because I wasn't there. Well, I think he's done a tremendous disservice to the country by uh, planting the seeds of, of voter fraud. And I think all our elections from now on, or a lot of them, are going to be in question. And all this will come up constantly now. And it's uh, it's a terrible thing. I think it was needless. And he's, he's still at it, although he's lost every case in court. I, I can't understand it. How, how can anybody support that? But, but, but again, at the, at the risk of debating, and that's what the, this talk show is about, there's been questions about Dominion and their machines since June of 2016. If you go to C, uh, CNN and C-SPAN, you can see that there was some concern. So I, cannot, I can only go by what you're going by, which is these cases are being decided against the president. Therefore, the preponderance of the evidence says that there's not enough here, and that's kind of where it's going. But we, we need somehow, and I said this, I think, Tuesday or Thursday, we need to take 50 statewide elections that are coming up to the Electoral College, and we need to make sure that they're better. I can look at this iPhone, and it looks at my face and recognizes um, my, my face, and therefore it opens up. You've got people around the country, especially liberal Democrats, who are push, pushing back against voter ID. To me, once you start pushing back from voter ID, your entire situation of, in terms of your position, I, I think, is, is weak. And then we've got potential situations where Democrats in Georgia are having people go across state lines to register to vote and then go back, which is illegal. We'll see where it all goes. We know it's happened before. It happened in 1960 where uh, Nixon had the election stolen in by Kennedy in Illinois, but we'll see. Thanks for the call. I appreciate it. Okay. Thank you, sir. Good day. Another caller. 7690600, our telephone number. Good morning to you. Welcome. Good morning, Roger. Good morning. Good morning, Roger, Chris, and Jeff Kamash. Um, did you happen to watch... Uh, Jeff is Savannah? not in the studio. It's uh, just me and Chris. Oh, 
Yeah. Oh, okay. Okay, he works here, uh, but he's not in the studio. Okay, did you happen to hear uh, Savannah uh, from NBC on Radio City Music Hall program last evening? No, uh, I didn't. Did you, Chris? I uh, did not. We did not. In well, instruct it's, us. It's a, it was, she was smiling last night. They had a little Christian thing. They had, you know, it was Christmas. That was the same Savannah that was supposed to be the moderator for the presidential debate. She didn't look the same. During the, the, uh, the, the debate, a moderator is supposed to be neutral. She was not neutral. Um, the third point, Raji made a great point about jail. That half of the people who commit murder, etc., are not found guilty. What I found working uh, many years in the medical field, I'm a nurse practitioner, is that although they may not serve a full sentence, they cannot escape what they did. I had many, many, um, you know, HIPAA protected, I had many, many people come for behavioral health because they committed a crime, they were released from jail, and they could no longer live with themselves. Um, getting out of jail or making the sentence short doesn't satisfy the soul. People are people, and people cannot live with themselves after committing such a heinous act. I actually had a few people ask me if I could help them get back to jail. They're not free. They don't feel comfortable or confident in the world. They feel more protected behind bars. No, that's a that's a, that's a good point. Uh, there's always a higher authority beyond the government, and uh, sounds like you've had personal experience and, and have seen it. Is, you know, for somebody to do something like that, even if people don't do um, something directly, whether it's you know drinking and driving, killing somebody, something you're, ne you're never going to get over. You know, if you have a conscience, you, you're never going to get over something like that. Go. You know, um, I'll, I'll share with you. I had one. I had one individual, and I always have a way of, of um, interviewing people. But I am OLD, not really. But I've just been in the medical field since I was 17. And um, this individual did not write on the paper that he killed somebody. But, you know, I'm kind of looking around the room, like not looking right at him, and I'm just talking. And finally I say to him, well, how did you feel getting out of jail early after the crime you committed? Well, it sounded like a confessional booth. He went on and on and on and on and on. He killed somebody. And um, he couldn't live with himself. He goes, why did that attorney get me off? That was wrong. I can't sleep. I can't eat. I'm throwing up all the time. I can't live like this. I want to go back. So I said, please do not commit another crime to get yourself back there. There are another, other avenues to assist you to get back in the place where you belong. You know, you know who to, uh, would probably agree with you very much is uh, Rhode Island Attorney General, who's a very compassionate person and wants to make sure that people have things other, you know, that are going to keep them out of jail. First thing they need is a job, but you've highlighted something extremely important. Make sure to get their conscience clear and move forward with their lives, and those, those things are kind of coterminous. So you bring up an excellent point, and um, we hope. I'm glad. Thank, thank you for listening, and hope you call again. That was that was. I will call again. And Go ahead. May I add? Of course. There's no pill in the world that will cure guilt. I I, I, I would agree. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much thank for you. the call. This is the upfront program on WNRI. We're going to try to fit in one more call right now before we uh, take a little commercial break. So let's press the button and get that call in. Hello there. Thank you for your call. Hello, gentlemen. Hello. Good morning. Good morning. I, I'm going to go back to the local commentary. Uh, not that that lady didn't have some valid points. And, you know, maybe those guys should be pointed towards the local Catholic Church to confess. Maybe that might help a little bit. But anyhow, I, regarding Mr. Wards, is it a resolution or an ordinance that he's proposing? I think it's a uh, ordinance. Good. Because... Mm -hmm. I think that has more strength 
than a resolution. And my concern is, listening to what you're saying, uh, both of you mentioned, uh, you know, what he expected. And I think this has gone by the boards in the past. I remember they would request the request, especially from the finance department, and it never showed up. So I, I hope it's an ordinance. And as a former teacher, I hope there are consequences that if those things are not produced on an expected basis, that eventually, I guess, they lose money or get fired or, or whatever it is, because that would prove they're not doing their job according to what the public in the community expects of them. Um, if, I, if I said resolution, I don't think I did, but if I did, I was mistaken. Yeah, I don't know if I'm, I'm looking at it right now. It's an ordinance. Good. No, I didn't. I didn't know because you know I started listening to that lady and I didn't remember exactly what it was. But yeah, I think there has to be some teeth in this because you know, look at Mr. Luba. He's been here for how long? And when he was working on supposedly keeping track of these things, he had no power or no resolution on his own to make sure that these reports would show up. So you know, knowing uh, the the situation and how I don't think the really wants some of the statements to come forth. Uh, I think that it has to have teeth in it, and I hope that uh, that's built in or added on before oh, the vote. Comes. You know, let me let me add to it. I certainly wasn't going to read the whole thing, but there's. Uh, I think this is important, and I think this gives it even more credibility. If it doesn't need. It doesn't need any more credibility, but pursuant to yeah. Chapter 4, Section 3, Subsection sub 6 of the City Charger, Charter, it shall be the duty of the mayor to keep the council informed at all times concerning the financial condition and needs of the city and other pertinent matters relating to the administration. So it's right in the charter saying that it's the duty of the mayor to keep the city council informed, and I think there is nothing more that uh, important that the city council needs to be kept upon, uh, updated with, excuse me, is the financial condition of the city. That's paramount. It's paramount for every community and even more important for us since we just had a budget commission. It's extremely yeah. important to see if there's any uh, kind of de deterioration because the last budget had budgeted for open positions. And there was a uh, miscommunication, either intentionally or unintentionally, that the city council were cutting jobs and were cutting people's livelihoods. And what they were doing was not filling positions that they might have to fill and then fire people because of the financial conditions that are beyond the borders of this 8.8 square mile city. And that would be the money that we'd be getting from the states, which is dependent on the money from the federal government, which is well beyond the purview of anybody in, in uh, Woonsocket. So I thought well, the city council was acting extremely appropriate uh, and prudent, and there was a difference of opinion. The bottom line is the mayor proposes the budget, and it's approved by the city council. So for them not to see monthly what's going on is completely unacceptable, and you can't put a spin on that. But, and I agree, but I have no faith because I know I was at the last inauguration and everything was supposed to be above board and everybody was going to work well together. And that didn't really happen, did it? Because there's a continuous uh, little, uh, you know, sleight of hand going on, I'll call it. And not everything comes to the attention of the city council in a prudent time frame so that they have time to know what's going on. I, I just, and, and I think it's the particular uh, people who are presenting each of the reports that need the consequence, you know, so that there's no, oh, I didn't get it ready. It, it has to be done. It, yeah. It's like when I was principal at a school, you didn't have your budgets done or your paperwork done. <laughs> there was a consequence. So... I just feel that it can't just be left to chance uh, and, you know, excuses of some sort pulled out of the hat to offer. And, and, and again, go, going back to Roger's point, it doesn't matter if you're a perceived opponent of the mayor, proponent of the mayor, friend of the mayor on the city council. Yeah. For you not to want to be informed on a regular basis about the financial condition of the city, I will repeat, disqualifies you, in my opinion, as a member of the city council. Yeah. 
when, when you swear to uphold whatever it is that we're supposed to uphold, uh, you know, in our, our uh, maintaining of our city, it's supposed to be beyond your own personal choice and whatever it is. And, and I really, even to the federal level, really have uh, fears when they say, oh, we're just representing the people. No, you're not representing everybody because there are people that they close their ears to, you know, so. And if I, I, I hear uh, one of the councilmen, uh, like Dave Susie, see we're trying to micromanage uh, City Hall, I think I'm going to vomit. Uh, I, who would not want information from from the departments that um, the city council is overseeing uh, i mean it's ridiculous <laughs> absolutely and, and, and it could make your job easy as a city council member they're all available if you look at the website every city council member has their telephone number there and they might be getting three or four calls regarding a police concern a public tra- uh, sanitation concern and if it's being addressed uh, by by monthly at the city council, it makes your job easier to know what's going on, and and you should know what's going on. But again, you know the the, the mayor didn't go to the swearing in of the city council school committee. Um, Isn't that big? Well, it, it, it's not. It's showing that there's going to be no working collaboratively, or there's no perceived collaboration here. But they don't have to be all best buddies for the fact that the information about the city. $150 million organization needs to be transmitted to the people responsible for the administration of the of the budget and the overseeing of the budget. It's just like if you're at a board meeting at a corporation, you know, in Europe, I'm ahead of EasyGo and Roger's ahead of, um, of, um, uh, of Bell Helicopter. It's incumbent upon Amtrak. us. Amtrak. Um, yeah, that was, oh, oh, that right. was, yeah, Amtrak. So it's, it's incumbent upon Roger to talk to the board of directors and let them know what the hell's going on. It, 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 there's, know, there's no debate here. The vendetta and, you know, paybacks and, you know, I'm going to make myself look better than you got. You know, it is such tiring nonsense to go on because who loses? Our city and the people living in it. And, and, I, and I do know that there are favorites and this one gets benefits. And I'm not saying because of the city council. It, it, you know, on the mayor's behalf because... Obviously, she wants support for her different projects. So, you know, whatever kudos or uh, assistance goes in certain directions. Absolutely. It's just, you know, uh, we've, we weren't born yesterday. Thank, thank you for, for listening. Thanks for making the time to, to call. We always appreciate thank your you, calls. Bye-bye. All right. Thank you very much. This is the Upfront Program, and you're on WNRI. Thanks for being with us. Great service and delicious food, says Kathleen on Facebook. JR wrote, a jewel in one socket. That's what customers say about Savini's Pomodoro Italian Kitchen and Bar. 476 Rathbun Street. For instance, our meatballs are made fresh with a combination of seasonings. The result, delicious. And we pride ourselves on fresh, made-from-scratch dishes, like our pasta bolognese. Check out our Facebook page for upcoming specials. Family-style chicken, always available. Open at 4 p.m. noon on Friday. Saturdays and Sundays. All right, and uh, Savini's Pomodoro Italian Kitchen and Bar open this afternoon, late this afternoon. And um, yeah, it would be um, nice to make reservations. When we went there last time uh, on a Saturday night, I actually uh, went in earlier in the day and chose my booth where I like to sit. Uh, because I like to, I like to hide. I don't want to, people to come and ask for autographs. Yeah, so. I, I know it's uh, yeah. it's tough being. Married. Yeah, they got to put that screen there. It's, <laughs> it's Mr. Bush eye there and his wife. They leave him alone. Anyway, uh, what I did is I made a reservation ahead of time, and um, and it's nice. So you, so you walk in at six or six thirty or whenever you want your reservation, and they bring bring you right to your seat and enjoy a nice uh, bottle of wine and and a great Italian dinner. At Savini's, a Pomodoro Italian kitchen and bar. Now, moving from a from a great restaurant to plumbing. <laughs> I mean, just, uh, you have plumbing issues. I've got a few leaky pipes right now. If you need a plumber, I hope you'll consider Ray Dion, Dion's Plumbing Systems from Cumberland, serving the Greater Woonsocket area. We do residential and commercial work. We work on kitchens and bathrooms, heating systems, drain cleaning. We're licensed. We're insured. Over 30 years' experience from Ray Dion, you can expect clean, neat, dependable, and courteous work. So when the pipes burst, think of Dion's Plumbing first. The number to call is three three. 
334-6060, Dion's Plumbing Systems. We do bathrooms, kitchens, heat and hot water systems, and all kinds of special work as it relates to plumbing. Dion's Plumbing Systems. Think of us. We'll do it right for you. All right, give them a call. They'll take good care of you. We promise. You're listening to WNRI's Upfront, a radio internet talk show. Now, let's get back to the panel. Okay, the panel is uh, Roger and Chris. We have some callers waiting. But we just wanted to let you know, we didn't come unprepared to this program today. Uh, we uh, plan to talk about subjects like... I, and I don't know if you uh, saw this in Providence Business News. I'm hoping I'm bring it to you. But there's a company in Providence called Upserve. And they were acquired for $430 million by a Canadian company. Upserve actually is based in 10 Doran Street, which is a building I used to work at years ago when I was at Textron. It's right next to uh, City Hall. And they were acquired for $430 million by Lightspeed POS Inc., a point-of-sale and e-commerce software provider based in Montreal. The company's announced Tuesday night. And that acquisition includes $123 million in cash and consideration company stock. And this is a Rhode Island-based company. They only generate revenue of $40 million. So the quality of their patents and intellectual property must, must be uh, awesome because they, they only, you know, they paid $400 and uh, twenty million dollars for them, four thirty, and they only have sales of uh, forty million. But a, a nice windfall for the state of Rhode Island because it's a Rhode Island-based company, and the uh, gain on the sale will be subject to seven percent uh, corporate tax for Rhode Island. And if you assume it's all in Rhode Island, which is not, but assume it's ninety percent, it's going to be seven million dollars to the coffers of the state of Rhode Island, which which is great. That's why we want businesses here when there's money in motion, there's activity that will benefit the state, and um, that's why we need to get better than fifty out of fifty. We're going to take a call. Press the magic button. Hello there. Thank you for your call on the upfront program. I know you're getting near the end of the program. Um, Dr. Carroll is correct. If the ordinance is being put forth by um, John Ward for the reports does not have teeth in it, does not have consequences, then it's a pointless ordinance. And because this is crucial that this happens, I'm surprised it's taken this long. Actually, I'm surprised that the Budget Commission didn't demand that this happen on a regular basis and gave it some teeth at that point in time. So this is long overdue, and we need to have correct and clear and transparent reporting in the city, not to give anyone a gotcha moment, but so that everyone knows what's going on. Thank you so much. Thanks for the call. All right. Bye-bye. So this um, ordinance is a change to the rules of uh, the city council and what comes into the agenda. So it's all. So what's going to happen is that when you get the agenda for the city council, you know, you you, you sometimes see public good and welfare and so forth. That's going to be built in to the agenda, and so therefore, these reports it will say report from public works. The question is, will we get one? Yeah. <laughs> when so it's going to be. Uh, part of the agenda and and requiring a monthly report from these uh, department heads. And will the mayor, uh, this is going to be very interesting, um, will the mayor say, I refuse to do this? And so, therefore, um, you have a, a report from Public Works and no, no report, and um, so she's going to do it. I, I, I would I think, hope so. I think she's going to do it. And I, I, and I, I think, can't picture not doing it. And I think it. I made this point, and so what if I did? I'm going to make it again. Um, it adds a lot more credibility that it's part of the city charter. It shall be the duty of the mayor to keep the council informed at all times concerning the financial condition and so on and so forth. One more call before we finish up. Uh, we can fit you in. Thank you for your call. Hello. Yes. Uh, good morning, gentlemen. This is Roger Gillette. Good morning, Councillor. Uh, good morning. Uh, you were on the right track. The uh, city charter already has repercussions uh, to be used. Uh, in the event that a department head and or the mayor does not go according to the uh, direction of the city council. And uh, so it doesn't have to be in the current legislation that's being put in by John Ward because it's already in the charter. Yeah, I mean, you've been a councillor for a long time, and, and I'm almost 100% positive you were, you were there when uh, Suman was there, correct? When she was mayor? Yeah. 
Okay, Sue, Sue didn't like to go to the meetings. The mayor didn't like to go to the meetings, but she had her people available, including my brother and David Boulay, to answer questions. And I think it's only been a very recent phenomenon that the city council, I think the disrespect is the right word, is not getting the financial information on a, on a regular basis. There's no excuse for it. That means if you can't give the city council the information on a regular basis, that means you can't produce it. And if you can't produce it, you're in the wrong job. You're correct. You are correct, and uh, the out of the uh, seven years, <coughs> excuse me, uh, the three years that I served with uh, the current mayor, uh, in her first three years, if you remember, it was a special three-year term, so we could change, you know, into even years. <coughs> excuse me, and uh, the first, the worst three years I ever had in my uh, sixteen years of being on the council were those three years. And it all stemmed to the fact that the mayor just would not cooperate with the city council. It was nothing more than, uh, you know, it's going to be my way or no way. And she had the uh, four votes on the council. So you remember the years of 43, 43, 43? Well, we're going to change that so it can't happen again. Like that. Right, and, and, and again, we're not trying to create a situation where the mayor and the seven city council members are best buddies. They just have to act within the framework of the city charter, or why have a city charter? Why have a constitution if you're not going to follow the U.S. Constitution? The city charter spells out and is voted on by the people, and the people don't want the city council to get these public uh, records on, on, a, on a regular basis on the financial condition of the city, then change the charter. But you, you need to follow it. You don't have to be best friends. But the people who are in charge of, of uh, voting on the budget and making adjustments need to know what's going on at all times. No, it's not debatable in my mind. I wish I could speak as good as you do. <laughs> You'd be a financial advisor if you were. Roger, you, you, you do just fine. Thank you for your call. And, and congratulations on being back on the council. Thanks. Right. Bye-bye. The council is stronger because of it. All right. Didn't we have a nice uh, program covering a lot of stuff today, huh? Yeah, it's, it's, it's interesting. Although you, you fired me for Tuesday, you're going to have a city council member. Yes. And I will be here next Thursday. Okay, yeah. Yeah, you're, it's, no, it's a, it's a hiatus. <laughs> That's the word we use. Well, I, I don't want to see a reduction in my pay. For no, 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 I. no, no. It's, it's still the same uh, generous stipend as before. Beautiful. All right. And uh, thank you again for your calls. And again, Chris, for your uh, participation in the program. We'll see you tomorrow on the Upfront program. Bye, everybody. This has been WNRI's Upfront, presented weekday mornings at 8 a.m. Upfront is a regular public affairs presentation of News Talk 1380, WNRI Woonsocket.